Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. The cast of the pod, there's only two holes to talk about wrestling. Let's go! Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. No commentary on what just happened. I'm the Halt Business, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation. Ding Dan, hello, Danielle Radford. Oh, I love that one. That one, that's a good one. That's a good one. Danielle, it's been a while. I've I've been gone. I was gone for one week. Uh-huh. It's been one week. I took one week off, and in that time, the Miz became WWE champion, and then the Miz lost the WWE championship <laughs> to Bobby Lashley, yep. who now appears to be on a collision course with Drew McIntyre for WrestleMania. I don't hate it. I like Bobby. This is Bobby Lashley's first. I, we're not counting the ECW world title. Sorry, Paul Heyman. Sorry. This Paul. is his first legitimate world title in WWE. Which is really exciting, and the Hurt Business is full of gold right now. Yeah, it's really exciting. You could do the Black Excellence picture they did several mm-hmm. years ago, but with more people now. That's what. Just keep creating more belts and putting them on black people. That's how you get the Danielle Radford approval. Just, That's just right. make more belts until there's belt inflation, and you have to have two belts to equal the strength of one belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, beltflation is real. Beltflation. And just put it on all the black people. Also, it's kind of weird. I do want to say this. I like The Miz a lot. I'm a fan of his work. It is a shame to see him. The entire Money in the Bank thing, I think it might be time for it to go away. And here is why. Oh. Because they they put that briefcase on someone in, like, June. And it seems like several times in the last five years, and I could be wrong, they go, we made a huge mistake We've got to get the briefcase off of this person. It happened to Baron Corbin. Oh, yeah. It happened, of course. Yeah. These people, like, Vince just goes with whoever's hot at the time without thinking, like, do I want Otis to be my world champion? Is that a path that he's going to really go down based on, you know, that he is essentially a plus size Scotty Too Hottie where he's super over, not as good of a wrestler, but does a similar, (laughs) has a similar signature move. But oh, he's not the kind of guy. Like no, I could have told you. No, that's all I see. All I I'm know. seeing is like Scotty Too Hottie uh, <laughs> hulking up and becoming Otis. Yeah, that's exactly. You've noticed. You never see the two of them together. <laughs> he said he went and became a firefighter, but I think we know what really happened. He exposed himself to gamma radiation and is constantly turning into Otis when he gets excited, uh, not mad. When he's like, "Oh, I really." <laughs> There's a new NBA Top Shot pack dropping. I'm so excited. And then he... <laughs> I'm Otis now. <laughs> but I think you could look at Otis last June and say he's super popular. You definitely ride that wave as far as you can go. But if he's going to be a main event guy, it doesn't seem like it's happening yet or that he's even at that level. Right. No. Like he's not ready to go there yet. There are a lot of people who, who were. So you put it on The Miz. The Miz does a much better job with it in terms of making it feel important. And he successfully cashes in, which also feels like it doesn't happen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. 
only to lose it less than a week later. Was it the next night? Yeah, a little bit over a week because he won it on Sunday. He had yeah, yeah, he avoided him for one raw and then avoided him for most of another raw. <laughs> yeah, for most of another raw before losing the belt. It just feels, it feels like a weird, th- weird way to use the Miz, who as a champion you kind of want to see him doing avoiding confrontation for a little bit longer so that you want to see him beat but maybe that's just built into who he is well i also think that there's two things at play here because this is one of those cases where i will eat my lunch if i don't i don't know why that's a saying you're gonna eat your lunch anyway um Mm -hmm. but i will eat a wig my wig if we're not dealing with the problem of the multiple kayfabes, meaning it's not just that they're having to do something because it's good for TV. They've also mm-hmm. got to think about like uh, uh, his reality TV show as well. Because I'm sure if you put the belt on Miz, that's going to be in the show and they're probably taping the show. So right. I think that that's, you know, when you're a slave to two kayfabes, I think you get weird things like that because you've got to satisfy both of them sure that is a very unique challenge to wwe is they have to worry about not not only do we have to have plans for for within wwe but they have a reality show whose Mm -hmm. next season comes out whenever or is currently airing or they're probably filming stuff now for next season they don't does not that real time yeah there's no way that they're not filming stuff if they've got that belt on him there's no so yeah it becomes well what how can we use it there certainly they could have gotten more than a single episode of ms and mrs you want uh, was it Marie? Isn't that his his mother in law throwing mm-hmm. the belt into the pool by mistake? Yeah, <laughs> I want to show him the belt, and then throws it into the pool. <laughs> There's all sorts of fun hijinks you could have with that. Yeah, exactly. Doing a, a photo shoot with the kids. He could take the belt with him the next time he goes to Target because he's got to like he's got to get all that house flipping stuff. Yeah, maybe Say. they flip the maybe they flip the belt. Who knows? You can accidentally it. get it get it mixed up with uh with one of the Target replica belts that they have there. And then the <laughs> ensue as they have to find the real one. Exactly. Yeah, some guy buys it for his grandkid, not realizing. <laughs> no, he said he was a fan. Oh, this thing is heavy. As for Bobby Lashley now taking on Drew McIntyre Mania, does this feel like another hot shot where they get a pop out of the belt changing hands, then it changing hands again? Now do you give Lashley a, a long run, which I think he needs, or do you just put it right back on, on Drew? We got Mania coming up. I don't see him having it past Mania, do you? Lashley? You think mm-hmm. he's going to lose it at Mania? So, so basically he'll have it for like five weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like This is I'm this is the part of it that I'm bad at, is the speculative, uh, spec, specul, spec, spec, whatever. It's a word. Speculum. Um, <laughs> speculum. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really bad with the speculum, you guys. Sure. It's, it's very Many cold. It's like a duck shape. Yeah. I, but I just don't see him not – I don't see it lasting past WrestleMania. I would like it to be a long run. I think it legitimizes him, and I think it further uh, – n- not that maybe they need it, but it further legitimizes Hurt Business, and I love I love them like crazy. Um, but, yeah. yeah, no, I don't see I, – I, I don't see him losing it at Mania or keeping it past Mania at all. But again, I'm yeah. really bad at this. He might keep it and then drop it on that crazy Monday, which I don't know. How crazy does that get this year without an audience? Uh, they probably will have an audience. Uh, I bet you I bet you Florida's 100% open by then. I bet you it's open by then. Uh, I bet you anything. I bet no you beach anything. balls, please. No beach balls. Don't Ron touch DeSantis things that can't other people wait. touch. He's drooling for a second reason now, which is he's excited <laughs> to... Tell people that they don't have to, they can go back to completely pretending like COVID doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, 
I think Lashley, it would be nice to see him have the belt until SummerSlam. It feels it weird. To, it felt like a big moment for him to win his first world title. It's very odd that it happened on Raw, but it did for Mick Foley in front of a huge crowd when they were getting good ratings. Mm. Everything about this feels like a little bit off to the point that I have no idea whether he keeps it or not at WrestleMania. I could see them putting it back on Drew. I think Drew's been a fine champion. Yeah. I like the work that he's done. I also think that Lashley deserves a good run. It's I think it hurts the hurt business for oh, them to gain and would. lose yeah. it that quickly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's time for them to have a little bit of a run with it. I think Drew won't suffer from being out of that picture for a while. No, I think he'll be fine. He's been doing great work. He's got a sword. I think that he'll survive it. Yeah, he's got that sword. As long as he's got the sword, it's fine. As long as he has the sword. Now, as we all know, Fastlane is coming up, and then uh, Freeway, Did we and then that? Crunch Time, <laughs> and then 10 more pay-per-views three weeks out from WrestleMania, or however far the fuck away we are. This is the second time that this, this meaningless, pointless, shouldn't-be-having-it-pay-per-view has featured a match between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. If you will recall, in 2015, when Daniel uh, Bryan made his comeback and Roman Reigns was on his way to his first WrestleMania main event, they used the Daniel Bryan feud to legitimize him, and they had a hell of a match. And I think at that time, the sentiment, and I felt this way too, was that Roman Reigns was not particularly great on his own mm. and that Daniel Bryan would get a hell of a match out of him and and sure enough, it was really, really good. If you if you have not seen it, I'll I'll recommend it again later on, just to be very clear. Ooh. And also because I didn't remember what I wanted to put over this week. <laughs> Get off my back, pandemic. Hey, I have the I have the memory of a goldfish. You're yes. saying words to me right now, and I'm like, oh yeah, that did certainly happen, and we probably talked about it on this podcast. Probably. I don't. Were we doing the podcast then? No, when we weren't was, doing it then. Was it 2015 or 2016? 2016, we started. We started. In that would. Yeah, that would have been. Um, it was. Long. I think we did it yeah, around yeah. the time that Daniel Bryan honestly retired. Yeah, the first oh, time. he retired the first time. Yeah, tears in the booth, man. Tears in the booth. Yeah, but now Daniel Bryan looks like he's going to be Roman Reigns' placeholder feud before Edge. I think the Edge Roman Reigns will be a great match. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns now is the guy who a lot of people slept on and hated because he was pushed, but. I, I don't think I think it's hard to dislike him based on the work he did in the ring because I think it's he's been so good and I'm excited to see this version of Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan. It's a shame that it it's gonna feel like a throwaway. I I hope that something happens at that match that will allow Daniel Bryan to sort of remain in that title scene for whatever reason, mm-hmm. so that maybe he's edges. First challenger if Edge wins, or he continues to pursue Roman Reigns if Roman wins, because Edge is a Raw superstar. Right. He's just crossing over to SmackDown to challenge a for the title. Superstar. <laughs> he's rated. Yeah, he's rated R for That's Raw. <laughs> I'm very excited about Edge in whatever capacity, but they're, I, they're not going to waste Edge. That's one thing, because like yes. you have him come back, you have him do the big thing. Um. We don't know what happens with him after this. We don't know if he goes back into retirement and starts making more TV shows in Canada or, you know, what comes next after he's done with this. So I don't think they're going to waste him. I think it'll be whatever happens with him. I'm excited to see it. But I am hoping that he somehow, you know, I want I want to belt. I want to belt on Adam. This feels more like the start of 
HBK's 2002 to what 2008 run mm-hmm. 2008 2009 or whatever that second final run was then him doing a one-off then him doing like a Goldberg and coming back for a match or two but not really right you know he's not back to be a full-time guy I think Edge is back to be as close to a full-time guy as he can be well, and I don't know like what production is like in a lot of other places, because obviously like there's production and stuff happening here. It, it, you know, it might be that we're getting him because they're not really, you know, maybe he's not able to be on any of the 20 TV shows he's been on since he left. I can't keep track. Mm. Um, but there's a chance there's a, you know, a big chance that this is um, th- th- that other stuff isn't running and this is. And so you come and you you come back and you do this. Uh, and I know that that sounds very cynical, but there is a there's a way of thinking of that where it is both an opportunity of convenience or whatever. And also like something that he genuinely loves. Like, look at him when he's in that ring. Dude looks like he's about to cry every time he hits something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like ready. If he can and it appears that he can, I would love to have him back for six more years. I love Edge. I've always loved Edge. He was my first wrestling crush. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not to talk about my second one, which was X-Pac, but that's fine. We all, we learned and we grew. He seems like a very nice man. And uh, <laughs> part of me is thinking that this might just be like a like a shorter run than that. But we'll see. Like I said, yeah, this I, is the part that I'm terrible at. I can't, I can't read the minds of the McMahons. It's going to depend on how he feels. And he's not the same age. Shawn Michaels was in his 30s when yeah. he came back for that run or late 30s at most, edges in his mid to late 40s. Now, he's still in great shape. He looks great, and he, yeah. He can he still go. So that that ultimately is what's going to matter. He could be like a Ric Flair who wrestles uh, until he's 900 years old. I don't want don't... that either. <laughs> no, well, I, not what we want, but it's it's possible. I think it's going to be predicated on how he feels. We, we learned last year how tenuous that can be. It felt like he was coming back for a longer run, and then he got hurt again, but he returned from getting hurt. So... I, there's nothing that slowed him down. I would not be surprised to see them put the belt on him. I also don't want to see Roman Reigns' title reign come to an end because what he's doing mm-hmm. is so good. It's it, so good. It is really good. But I feel like uh, you put it on edge mm-hmm. and then they continue their feud. I think that we could get some really good stuff on it. And then you put it back on Roman if he decides that he's going to take off again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, obviously, Roman Reigns is more than capable of... His, being Roman Reigns without the belt. He's so but it's good. nice to see him with it. Yeah, it is. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Also, we now have a heel Apollo Cruz in the IC title seal. How do you feel about heel Cruz? I like it a little bit. I like it. I think it's something. You yeah. know what I mean? Give him make him a heel. Give him something. Make him a make him, you know, uh I I I like that more than I've liked anything that they've done with Apollo Crews. And it's hard to remember back when he was like on the indies and everyone was like, look, this might be the best natural wrestler that anyone's like, he might be one of the biggest talents ever. And then he gets over and he's just like that dude who smiles and then different iterations of it. And hasn't been the same lately in the long tradition of people who are incredibly talented that get slept on being the hill is it's an opportunity and it looked good. I was super into it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Me too. I think the difference it seems and, you know more about this than I do. This is my impression. Tell me how close how close you think I am. Mm-hmm. In in the indie wrestling scene, you have the ability to get over huge based solely on what you do between the ropes. Mm. You could never have to get on a microphone and still be a huge act. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get opportunities to speak and that that doesn't 
bolster who you are and help create a personality, but you could be be majorly over just based on your physical skill. And then when you get to a place like NXT and then WWE, they demand their personality driven first. Mm -hmm. The in-ring work is important, but not as important as a big personality or definable character that gives people a reason to root for or against you. And that is where his biggest struggle has been because he's not the strongest on the mic. Right. Am I close on that? Because I don't want to say indie wrestling is no talking at all in ring. No, but I no. think you have a you have a little bit more leeway there than you do when you have to be on television with a microphone in your hand. Well, and the difference is is that indie wrestling, you know, the reason why being the elite became such a big thing was because they were doing uh they were doing that promo style, building story style between all of the different places they were going. You're you're trying to to do storylines where, you know, one night you're going to be in Osaka, one night you're going to be in Cleveland. A lot of people who go to indie matches, like they're not necessarily keeping up with everything like on YouTube or whatever. So you have to, um, the, the storylines and stuff are important and they're good, but those people are in that or, you know, that VFW hall, wherever they are, they are there for that night. And you can't take for granted that they know what happened when, you know, you were in Detroit two nights ago b- building the story. And again, that was one of the things that made being the elite so special and made it so popular was because they were bridging those between when they were in, you know, Ring of Honor or overseas or wherever they were. Um, so... Yeah, it's a lot easier to come in and dazzle people like that and get over strictly on ring work because they don't know what the story was last week. And the story will be there, but it's the ring work that's going to get you. And I think that that's a lot of the reason why comedy does so well on the indies, because it is a way to bring in that personality and to bring in those things um, without people, without being predicated on you have to know what happened before. Right. Which I think is just a long way of saying what you said, but in a lady. No, I... I wanted <laughs> I wanted your take on it. I certainly wasn't coming out declaring it. That's just the perception that I have based on what I've seen, the people who are like, this is person is the best in the world. And then I see them on TV and I go, they're a very good wrestler. But as a personality, that's where it's falling down. That doesn't mean that you can't get better. And a lot mm-hmm. of people do. I mean, look at look at where Bailey started. And she I I don't lump her into into that category because she is the kind of person who connects with the audience and that yeah. face character connected majorly but when she became a heel her on mic work became so much better it always and she does. became more fleshed out and that yeah that's that's the thing if you don't have it as a face then you need to be a heel and then you can take a lot of the things you learn from there and you become a better face yep absolutely it is like being a heel for one thing it's the first time people get to be really honest heels get to be honest about how they feel you get to be more natural. You get to be more, you have less to worry about. Cause when you're a face, like you've really got to be a facety face, um, mm-hmm. except for a couple people who get to get away with being tweeners. Right. But um, when you're a heel, man, you can get away with anything. It's great learning ground. Absolutely. Moving on to more title matches, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler retained the women's tag titles on NXT with a dirty finish against Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, which would infer that that feud has only just begun, but what a great match. Oh, it was such a good match. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Naya and Dakota were doing some spots that were really good. 
And I enjoyed Dakota and Raquel as a tag as well. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, yeah, I'm totally okay with watching them do this through the road because it's probably what's going to happen. But I'm okay with it if they keep putting on matches like that. Absolutely. hundred percent. And Finn Balor still in the thick of NXT drama after a promo and defeating Roderick Strong in another great match. He'll face Adam Cole next week with the NXT title on the mat on the line. But man, that promo. Oh my God. Roddy on his own. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to, f- to forget because he's been sort of like the fourth man down on undisputed era. Cause he was maybe cause he was the last guy in maybe it's, just how it felt to me but it's nice to see him on his own having a fantastic match how good he is came out to his own music no undisputed era music anymore he had his roddy strong jacket Mm. it made me excited to see what he does next because i i i like him it's a hard thing when you come out and you're like cutting your promo and then part of the promo has to be that finn comes out and is like yeah this ain't about you it's like when uh your ex starts dating someone that they know that you hated just because they're trying to get back at you Um, (laughs) that's gotta be like that's gotta be a weird uh place to but he still came out and i think even with adam coming out in the end roddy still looked really really good and hopefully soon we can start I think it's okay right now that it's all kind of based around Adam, but I'll be excited Mm. when more of it is based around Roddy. And you don't have people literally interrupting him in the middle of the promo like, bruh, this ain't really about you, but I'm going to make it about you so I can get to your man, you know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Also, another highlight from NXT. First of all, LA Knight gave a a very nice promo. Jesus, that was a good promo. He's really good. He's good at talking. You think standing in here, you think this is a dream? No, no. This is business. This is my business. My business involves me whipping another man's ass anytime he steps between these ropes. And then <laughs> the opening match, uh, which was which was Thatcher and Ciampa versus Birch and Lurkin, also a very good match. Like, it's not surprising to see these good matches. But also <clears throat> the highlight of NXT. <laughs> above everything was the way in therapy <laughs> trying to deal with Austin Theory's PTSD after being kidnapped by Dexter Lewis, which he claimed everything was fine and they just hung out together as friends. Johnny, I don't have a Dexter Lewis problem. You see? Right there. The man kidnapped him and he acts like nothing happened. I was on vacation, man. Oh, sweetie. Being locked somewhere for three days, that's not a vacation. <laughs> but the right guy, it could be. I really enjoyed it. It could have been 20 segments long, and I could watch the four of them. Indy Hartwell with the crush. Yeah, and it looked good. Mm-hmm. It was um, shot well. It was shot really well. It looked really good. It was Everybody was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that moment when Candace was on her phone, like, no, no, I'm not on my phone. Like, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, it was a great little comedy segment and it didn't, because they, they, they dipped in, they had one, one to two really funny beats and then dipped out yeah. for me. That's how you do it. If you're going to have a lot, cause if it would have been all at once, I don't, it would not have been as good. It would have felt like it was dragging, but the yeah. fact that you're doing it like two minutes, three minutes, whatever at a time spread throughout the show then it gets to retain the fact that it's funny and what we like about it. Um, You know, the way that like TV does, you don't, when you're watching a sitcom, you're going back and forth between storylines and that's what keeps you interested. If you were just doing a plot all together and then B plot all together, it would be boring. So uh, yeah, yeah, that that's, that's some good sitcom writing right there. I liked it. 
Now, there's a major match to talk about at AEW, but before we talk about that, stepping in for Lindsay to talk about everything going on no, in the AEW <laughs> Women's Division this week is Danielle Radford. Uh, no, I did not watch AEW this week. I didn't oh, I did. I'll tell you. There was yeah, one match. I, only, well, I watched. I watched the the big. The we all yeah, watched too. the match that we're about to talk about. So there were there were one and a half matches, really two. I guess you could say it's two matches. Right. Uh, the other one, of course, being Nyla Rose losing to the wrestler who I don't know who will wrestle one match in AEW and then disappear forever, whether she wins the belt or not. From Japan, it's a very good wrestler. <laughs> Everybody enjoy a really good wrestler who they probably don't have under contract. And if you want to watch any more good matches, you can find them on TikTok. All right, let's talk about <laughs> what opened the show on AEW, which is the Big Diesel, the Big Shamrock, Shaq Gnosis, Shaq Fu, Shaquille O'Neal make his AEW debut teaming with Jade Cargill and picking up the win against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. Now, let's briefly talk about the men. Briefly. Cody Rhodes, very good at working with celebrities. Did it with Stephen Amell. Mm -hmm. Did well. Shaq was in there having a good time. Look, the thing I like about Shaq is that he just seems to be enjoying, like his life is all about enjoying his life. Yes. Yes. He's like, I'm 40 years old and I'm going to wrestle right now. In that real low rumbly. I love that he speaks. I watch him all the time on NBA on TNT, and they cannot mic him enough to really be able to hear what is happening. His voice is so low, it, it's like a truck rumble. But I took a great bump through the chair and looked good, giving back body drops. I wish he followed through on his chops. I don't think he was high-fiving. Cody's boobs. Yeah, he was being careful. I'm okay with that. I would rather, if you're going to be someone who comes in and you're not a wrestler, please be careful with those who are if you can. Uh Slap that neck tattoo, Shaq, hard as you can. (laughs) Slap it right off of his body. Help him. (laughs) Chop it off. Help him. Yeah, chop it off of there. So he he was fine. You would assume that he's not done yet because they won. Who knows? Who Mm -hmm. knows if he shows up again? Hard to tell. Took a chair shot to the back. Like, he did anything and everything you could ask of him. He's a 48-year-old former basketball player. When I saw him get in the ring, I was like, I think he just hurt his knee. I think I saw him hurt his <laughs> knee. He was already walking like he hurt. He had that yeah. that uh, that retired basketball player walk where it looks like they just, you know, when you take, like, a real bad dump and it's all tight down there, so you walk, <laughs> like, kind of, that, that is the walk of every former NBA player. Because <laughs> their their knees are sawdust at that point. Yeah, same with wrestlers. Anybody at that, if you've been performing high, like the knees are going to oh, start God. to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they you move like the Tin Man. Yeah. But Jade Cargill and Red Velvet both looked fantastic. Why are those two women not feuding over the AEW women's title? I mean, no offense to the many women, except for the couple who I, I know... Uh, what is it? Aja Kong? Aja Kong? I think it's Prince Aja. Aja Kong. I know who Aja Kong is. Like I know who some of those people are in the tournament. But these two women are far and away the most exciting two women I've seen wrestle one another in terms of like a women's match. When Jade does that flex, like shut up. The abs all the time. All the time, all the, abs. the time, abs. Never. It's not like when she breathes. It's like they get more abs, and then they're good. <laughs> uh, they're like amazing abs, and they're more abs. Like they start to look like dinner rolls if she breathes in. That is just some good, 
good shit right there. Um, yeah. I want the world for both of them. I want to see them wrestling on my TV more often. Mm-hmm. The idea of them, re- I know that it's probably going to be on dark. So that honestly, if they put that on dark, I will watch it. Um, I, I, I won't be happy about it, but I'll do it. Cause man, like those two together are fire in that ring. Jay, yeah. They're both stars. Red Velvet is a star. Jade is a star. Yes. I'm absolutely. very excited to see what more happens with her. Do not drop the ball on Jade Cargill. Please. Uh, because you have got magic in your fucking fingers right there. You know where they would both be amazing? Hmm. NXT. Well, we're not getting it, Hal. <laughs> I don't know. At some point, they'll all get frustrated and go somewhere where they actually get on television and not on the internet where they could put themselves. <sighs> And I want everyone to sign this change.org petition with me. <laughs> put the women on my television. You know, put the women on my television. Like, please put that. But, and put these women on my TV next week with no men and just them. And I will be an incredibly happy person. Now let me say something complimentary about AEW. Yeah. For all the fans out there who love to blow up uh, women who criticize the product. And men. But mostly women, because they have a lot of problems that extend beyond wrestling. If that opening match and creating an attraction was, in the larger sense, to int- really introduce those two women in a major way, which it could be, mm-hmm. then bravo. Yeah. Very well done. The men weren't really in the match very much at all. They did their big spot, then they were gone. It was really That match was really about the two women. So in that way, they've done more. They did more in that match to showcase their women's division than a year and a half of AEW has done, mm-hmm. including this women's tournament. It's so upsetting the extent to which this women's tournament has been relegated to the dark web. And then <laughs> one once a week you get a match on television that doesn't do anything to build up their division, doesn't do anything to build up that championship either. Like I, They showed Sheeta on television. I looked at her. I was like, what is her name again? I cannot remember for the life of me, and I thought of it just before they said it and felt very smart. But You're very they, smart. They have, they have a problem. They have to deal with it. No, I... I <clears throat> wow. I 100% co-sign with you. Like, if they... If that was for them to really showcase Red Velvet and Jade, fucking bravo and fucking kudos and fucking yes. thank you for spending that money. Um, claps, claps, claps all around. Uh, definitely look, we got to say when people do, do their due. And if that is what that was, um, fucking hell yeah. And give me more great work. Yeah. Absolutely. If you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and discord. When we come back, we're going to talk about the first ever elimination chamber match going back to survivor series 2002 that featured Shawn Michaels. And those dumbass pants. That's up next <laughs> on Tights and Fights. Maximum Fun is a network by and for cool, popular people. But did you know it also has an offering designed to appeal to nerds? A show for nerds? On Maximum Fun? The devil, you say? It's true. It's called The Greatest Generation. And they review episodes of a television program for nerds called Star Trek. They've reviewed TNG, DS9, and are now reviewing Voyager. Hey, Star Trek. My daughter enjoys that program. Well, if she enjoys that, and she enjoys humor of the flatulent variety, might I recommend she subscribe to The Greatest Generation? Hey, are you calling my kid a nerd? Why, I oughta... 
Well, gotta go. Become a friend of DeSoto by subscribing to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org today. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Daniel Radford. It's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Can you please keep adding clips to that before the bell so it gets longer? <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, I have to just make like a really... I'm pretty sure I asked for my hole to be added. I do to need this. to make I'm it. I'm pretty sure I made that request on Last there. Last week was a long week, but I'll make it this one. I'll make it the next one. It was a long, was week. A long week. I Look, I'm not faulting anyway. I'm just reminding you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let me set the stage. It was the fall of 2002, unless you think November is the winter, in which case you are wrong. Triple H was the world champion, and he pitched Vince McMahon a concept for a new type of match that would eventually become the Elimination Chamber. First one ever featured Triple H, Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, Kane, Booker T, and a recently returned Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, taking place at Survivor Series, which is also notable as the premiere of Big Papa Pump. All right, that's not notable. That's just something that also happened there. And we got, uh, during the pre-match promos, where they're talking to Shawn Michaels, he got cut off by RNN when Randy Orton was injured, when he injured his shoulder, and he kept doing the Randy News Network updates. Why do you believe? Why do I believe, little lady? Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? Why? Hey, what the hell? Not now. Not now. This is important. Breaking news. Randy Orton here. And I've decided to take a little time out of my rigorous rehab schedule to come to Survivor Series. But don't worry, there was no further damage done to my shoulder on the long flight to New York City, thanks to that sexy flight attendant, Sherry, who hooked me up with that extra pillow. Basically, he was like, I flew in here and fucked a stewardess, so I'm fine. I'm Randy Orton. This has been an RNN news update. He was so bad. It made me appreciate current day Randy Orton to watch young Randy Orton on the mic. But anyway, at this time, Danielle, mm-hmm. were you watching wrestling? This is you came in a little bit later, yeah. I think that this I'm I, this is going to sound funny, or this is going to sound uh, improbable. I think mm. that this might have been the match that broke my back. As far as I'm going to take a break, I'm wow. not, and I'm not kidding. I had to think about it. That's appropriate because it actually broke most of those wrestlers back as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was so I'm, I'm measuring my boyfriends, and I remember I was sure. like this boyfriend. We started dating because of wrestling, um, and then we would go and watch it at Hooters, uh, the pay per views, because we were yep. little brokelings. Uh, sure, <laughs> I've done. We've all done it. We've all done it. Uh, Fourth and Main in Santa Monica. <laughs> they did. They showed WWE. If you showed up and asked them, and I remember thinking that the Elimination Chamber was the dumbest fucking thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the match where I said, I have to take a break from this. And I also think it was like around the time I took a break from that boyfriend as well. I'm not going to say that the Elimination Chamber uh, ruined my relationship, but uh, <laughs> it definitely didn't help it. Yeah. By the way, a quick side note. I used to go to the to the Hooters of 4th and Main in Santa Monica to watch pay-per-views. And I would go there, and I would order my wings, non-breaded. And if you're a server there, part of the gimmick is you are flirting for tips or, like, yeah. guys come there to be like, girls with boobies like to talk to me. 
but I would just be like, all right, thank you, and then turn and watch the television. And I was always kind. I tipped well. I was not there under any pretense that I was going to walk out with digits. Yeah. You can, like, do you want to put a sweater or some pants on (laughs) that can't be enjoyable? You don't seem that comfortable. I mean, love is fickle. Wrestling is for us. (laughs) And also, can I have a refill on this pink lemonade? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, back I, in in the re-watch- day, I don't know if you're a fan of wrestling if you haven't watched the wrestling at a Hooters while sure. watching the other table be lecherous and disgusting and watching mm-hmm. your server be happy that you're there. Yep. Yeah, oh, that's... Servers loved when I came in, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> they just come over and talk to you, just be like, can I just stay here for a second? And they would, which was also part of their part of the grift, but good on them. Make that money. Mm-hmm. And we always yep. tipped well because we always felt so bad. <laughs> By hook or by crook. <laughs> so I rewatched this match yesterday. I loved the the Shawn Michaels match against Triple H at SummerSlam that year. I thought it was a really, really good match. I enjoyed the story that they told going into the match, coming out of it where he's in the wheelchair. This match is such a mess. It has all the ingredients you could want. You have Jericho in there in the midst of one of his heel runs. You have Kane at a time where Kane could still move and was a mon- you know, was the big monster. Rob Van Dam was was still ascending to the heights of his popularity. And you've got Booker T, who had been teaming with Rob Van Dam, I think, at this point. No, he was he was just about to link up with Gold Dust, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that was coming the next month, maybe they started. Well, also I wasn't Booker like and weren't they on the same side of the invasion was probably what happened and we weren't that far they removed were. from the invasion at this point so No, yeah, we're only about a like 18 months from that. No, not even. Yeah. 15 months, 15 yeah. 16 months. Give or take, right. The, but the match is such a mess. We've heard this in tons of interviews. It didn't give. So it felt terrible to wrestle both on the floor outside of the ring and those chain links. And it didn't sound great either because they didn't mic it properly. No, and so, it, it's such a it's such a I'm sorry, not good match that they apologize. That was one thing that I didn't realize when I was watching it. I went back and watched it uh, today. They apologize for it on commentary before it happens. Did you guys realize that they're like like. They don't come out and say, we're sorry, but they let you know over and over, we have no idea how this is going to go. This has never been done before. And not in that way where it's like, oh man, we have no idea what's going to happen. This has never been done before. But there was a little bit of JR being like, we have no idea what's going to happen. This has never been done before. But when you get these men together in the ring, like I actually had to pause and like take a note. And I'm like, is he pre-lowering our expectations for this match? Exactly. And it's still felt like it came in under it now i will say the moment when Shawn michaels won that title and this is at a time where people didn't know how long he was going to be around for was that a one-off deal is he going to be a part-timer and then he wins the world title That is a huge pop from that crowd. I think they were in Madison Square Garden for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge, huge pop. I mean, that building comes unglued, as JR would say. So it was a, it was a really nice moment for that. But we, we also, we need to talk about Shawn Michaels' Buster Brown haircut 
and his doo-doo UPS pants. See, this is why wrestlers be making their hair wet because because <laughs> it, it looks very George Washington when it's dry. It's very like my founding fathers. Uh, it's very uh, put him on a dollar bill. It's just like huge and fluffy, probably from hair dye. Um, because yeah. that's what hair dye does, and that's how it makes your hair probably that just for men trying to cover them them grays up. Uh, not that I look, I cover my grays up with wigs, so it's not like I'm you know I'm we're all Reed Richardsing over here, um, <laughs> except for Julian. We're all Reed Richardsing. At first, it's great because it's Sean and he's singing that song that we like, and we're so happy about it. And then he takes off yeah. his vest, and it's like, what are you wearing? Me have brown pants. Remember, <laughs> remember when me get Dutch boy haircut. <laughs> and hope nobody notice, but not put up in ponytail or style. Like, you could have your hair. Diff- that was a new haircut. Yeah. He, his hair was not that short at SummerSlam. No, his bouncy America the Beautiful ass hair. It was not. The explanation that they've given since then, because everybody has joked about it in the interviews afterwards, is that he didn't know if he was actually coming back for a run until relatively close to when this match was going to happen. So he was just kind of probably living life and probably just like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll consult with my doctor, see what I'm up for and see what we can do. But then when the ball started rolling, it started rolling very quickly. And then he had to like start getting presentation and television ready in a way that he probably wasn't, didn't really want to fully invest in unless he knew it was happening. So it's a bad timing. Sorry, Sean. Buy better not pants. many people not many people know this but when Shawn Michaels have time off he get terrible haircut for fun <laughs> then find out he have to work and go oh no me going to get new hair me need to eat hair to grow hair back oh no it no work if we wear brown pants, we'll distract from terrible hair. Um, nom, 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 nom. Me eat pants, too. Here's some more fun facts about this match. <laughs> Triple H originally wanted to bring back War Games, which he eventually did in NXT, which is a whole mess. I mean, very good match. If you're watching it on television, very weird to watch live because where the fuck are you supposed to look? That other ring was too far away and I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I wanted to, but Vince didn't want to do that. Then uh, Triple H drew the concept for the chamber on a napkin. (laughs) And that's what got Vince to agree. Oh, well, now it's on a napkin. We have to do it. That is a blueprint now. It officially becomes a blueprint at that point. It's on a napkin. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they didn't add padding to the ring until 2017 also. They didn't oh. finally add padding to it. And the frog splash that that Rob Van Dam does off of the top of the pod crushed Triple H's throat and made it uh, almost impossible to call the finish. So they made it up as they went. That's that's one mistake. Yeah, that and fucking do it. Here's the other. Sean was supposed to go in fifth, not sixth, but they messed up and sent him in last. How many times have they messed up the turn order, considering that that's the whole gimmick of the match? Like, that's one of those things where normally I'd be like, I'm not going to be nitpicky. There's a lot that's happening in a match. You know, like, there, there's crazy, you know, people are calling shit left and right. Like, I'm not going to. But if it's the whole point of the match, I feel like I'm within the realm of you should make sure you have that down, right? 
Yes. And they're also f- kind of flimsy pot. I mean, they went through and, and broke the plexiglass. Everybody bled, which we all know I'm oh, a huge fan of. Yeah, not my favorite thing. Not not rewatching the bleeding. And also, yes, thank them so much for reminding us that that's real steel that's been painted. Um, it didn't have to be, is the thing. Because yeah. if you can gimmick the table... Why wouldn't yeah. you gimmick the fake cake? Like, why wouldn't you? You can. Jericho so. has has said in interviews, he's like, we may as well have just made that chain out of plastic. It would have hurt a lot less. It would have been the same exact effect. And it would have just like nobody, it would have made a difference. It would have been fine. White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just tell us it's steel, man. I'm already, look, I, I, I'm already in for the ride. You've got Kane in there. If I can make Kane make sense in my head, I yeah. can certainly pretend that those are real steel chains. I don't need them to be real. Consider your disbelief suspended at that point. Yeah, it's it's done. Thank you very much. Please look after your wrestlers. <laughs> what year was it? There was one year where somebody's, you know, they're supposed to be locked into these pods, mm. but the door came open and then they had to hold it shut. Was that Do you Mark remember Henry? that? Maybe so. I feel like- maybe it was Mark Henry. This match, just so many things go wrong. (laughs) It's too complicated for what it is. It's very stupid. That's part of why I don't like it is because like the payoff for how complex it is, it gets fucked up almost every year. Like that's why you can't remember because Hal's got a memory of a steel trap. He's not a goldfish Mm. that got hit by a bus. He remembers Mm -hmm. everything and he can't remember when what mess up happened because every year, didn't it, didn't one of the chambers break like two years ago or something like that? Yeah. I just remember that being a thing one time that it was, they're like, they're locked into these chambers and the door was open (laughs) because it's just, it's the same door you'd have for like a fucking shower in a cabin rental. Fuck it's it, not, man. It's nothing. Put them in curtains. Put them in a huge shower curtain. That's oh, fine. And then, and then backlight them so you see their silhouette Ooh, doing like sexy, sexy dances. Yeah. I still, my Flex favorite. My favorite Elimination Chamber is still the tag team one from 2016, mm-hmm. where they had the, the New Day in one pod together, all three of them, when they that, were heels yeah. at just one. That oh, was really fun. So good. So much fun. I think the Lucha Dragons were in that match as well. And they did like, they've done better spots. And it was a big deal that he went off of the pod. But I think Mm -hmm. everybody's, everybody with a jumping finisher has done one off of there. I'm sure we've seen Swanton bombs. I like when they crawl, when they Spider-Man up on top, which I, I can't remember which Lucha Dragon did it, but one of them jumped up and then fell safely on a bunch of people who were looking at him to catch him. And it was no less impressive. No, it's fine. So we learned a lot. Like, the reason why Sweet Chin Music, he tunes up the band first, is so the other person knows a foot is coming. That's These right. are the things that we do to help protect the wrestlers. That's right. A foot is on the way. What's really sad, though, is if you watch like um, when Rob hits that frog splash, his, he, yeah. his knee goes straight into Triple H's throat. And yeah. at first you see like triple h roll over and kick his legs like you know like he just like like a toddler who doesn't want to go to bed and then when i got older i realized oh my god he that was like he's in real pain right now and Mm -hmm. and other things that i I forgot happened they wanted to pull triple h from this match because he was so hurt but triple h decided to alpha bro his way through this thing and just and just wanted to finish it but Mm. bad idea hunter terrible idea yeah sometimes (laughs) you gotta go but that's true because it didn't help the match either that he was in there and people couldn't talk to him like it's not i get it well i mean like look like i get it like i get the idea of i said like this is you know it's very much a wrestle bro attitude um 
that you're in the match, you stay in the match as long as you can, and you fight through the pain, uh, which is a, brings a whole other list of problems, but that's very much the attitude. But in this case, it didn't help the match that he was still in there either. So Yeah, this is the Ruthless Aggression era. I think this is, we've already had the John Cena. I think that was in August or, I think that was in August because he wrestled, or, or July maybe, because he wrestled Jericho at that SummerSlam mm. and won and then disappeared. <laughs> right? Didn't he beat Jericho? That's like another person like Fandango where Jericho puts them over and then they disappear. Yeah, actually it was then because this was when John was still wearing the biker short tights and everything too. Was, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was wearing his prototypes. Yeah. Stuff. And then he, it was after he got put out by Brock Lesnar and then Brock Lesnar won the championship and then you started getting those. Well, it was the Halloween episode of that year, I think, where they dressed him up. And then he... Vanilla Icena, yeah. He was Vanilla Icena. And then he put out by Brock Lesnar. And then he started, when he's coming back, cutting uh, uh, cutting promos Doing on the freestyle him. thing, yeah. Free type. One of which came, you call your finisher the F5, I call mine the FU. And that's where that, so that's stupid. Where that name came and from. And then he held on to that yeah, joke for a decade before forever. they finally told him to change it to the attitude adjustment. So good. Oh, so man. good. Yeah. Folks, if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed, you know what you can do. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we called Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pit? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high-quality game that you yeah. could expect. Dr. Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Julian Brown. That's right, he's here. This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. All right, Danielle, what do you want to put over? Okay, I'm putting over a very funny tweet that I saw. I don't... I have the names of the people they are. Uh, I, I didn't do the research to make sure that everyone is not a piece of trash when they tweeted this. I just think that this is really funny. So I don't know anything about the people who tweeted it. It's Winter M tweeted. And yes, I'm reading tweets. I'm such the worst. The last threesome I had, the bitch ended up getting pregnant from my man. And I'm so hurt by it. I don't know what to do because I want to be with him, but I don't want to be nobody's stepmother. And then quote tweeted is the champion doesn't have to be pinned for the title to change hands in a triple threat match. And it's the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a week. Uh, I sent it to everybody, even non-wrestling friends. Because it made me really happy. Well, I was originally going to put over Jade, but we already, I put I put Jade over. Uh, uh, the, I'll do it again. But yeah, that tweet made me laugh so hard. Um, so I said, I even sent it to my mom, uh, which, you know, got me nothing. <laughs> Julie, what would you like to put over? Oh, I love that tweet. Uh, I'm going to put over friend of the show, Mega Ran has yes. uh you know he's always still doing his wrestling discourse and always talking about wrestling in fact he's 
over the course of the last few years has gotten to do a bunch of stuff in wrestling. And the latest thing is, uh, I don't know if this is the official theme for it or if it's just a partnership deal, but he did a song for AEW Revolution, which is uh, on this Sunday. Sunday I don't know yeah. where it's going to be, but uh, here's a little taste of it. I don't want to play the whole thing because, hey, it's on Bandcamp. You can go listen to it there for free. And also, it's just a dollar to go on ahead and download it. So if you want to do that, go on ahead and do that as well. Uh, so sure. here's a little bit. Have you ever wanted something more than life itself? Sitting in the dark by yourself, no one asking if you'd like some help. Swimming in the motion like you Michael Phelps, waiting for a sign to finally apply yourself and make the necessary adjustment from secondary. The judgment is temporary, the come up is legendary, and they couldn't diminish the way we altered the business. They called us awful ambitious, and now they all get the win. You're the revolution. So good. Very good. Oh, that's real good. So like fantastic. You know, for everything everything wrong with that company, they pick good music. They also gave Josiah Williams a job. So I mean they're make they're making good choices, at least on that front. It's all gray areas. I'm it actually gonna put gray over gray areas. <laughs> it was gray areas all along. I'm gonna put over Jericho and MJF's little town hall that they had. Mm. Uh, except for the part with Conrad Thompson, where I texted everybody and said, why is Conrad Thompson on my TV? And I'd like to anti-put over Shaq's fingernails, which needed a trim before he was on television, and they showed a, a close-up of those giant bear paws and the <laughs> oyster shells he's got. He's rocking at the end of his fingers. He got this, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving him a trim before you go in there. It's safer for everybody. <laughs> hot tip, Shaq. Also, listen to Candace Parker. She knows more about basketball than you do now. <laughs> That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can catch in in our in the Thrilling Adventure Hour Show and Tell Show, where all the Work Juice players are getting together and sharing embarrassing clips from early in their careers or their amateur times before they turn pro. That is Saturday, March 20th. You can get tickets and info at houseseats.live. And follow me at Hal Lublin everywhere else. Danielle. Um, yeah, just follow my socials, Danielle Radford on uh, Twitter, Danielle uh, underscore, indir- uh, uh, underscore Radford on Instagram. Uh, watch Honest Trailers. I help write them, and they make me uh, happy when you watch them. Uh, everything that I'm doing, if you want to know what's up, you can find it on Twitter. And occasionally, I'll post a picture of me in a Xena costume, because uh, I just do, because I'm a weirdo. Okay, bye. Our producer, Julian Burrell, wants that vaccine in his veins already. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much. Extra special to the Max Fun members who make the show possible with their recurring monthly contributions. And hey, if you need clothing, we need you to help promote us. Buy our t-shirt and satisfy two itches at once. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it, wrestling. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.